Hello Pirate Nation. This is Russ McKell, Superintendent of Riverview Community Schools. And this is Jason Gribble, Director of Curriculum Innovation and Grants for Riverview Community Schools. And we want to welcome you to Pirate On. This is a podcast designed specifically to give you insight into the great things that are going on in our district. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Pirate On. Morning, Pirate Nation. Mr. Gribble here, Director of Curriculum Innovation and Grants, and I have with me one of our new employees as part of, again, our little Meet the New Staff here at River Community School District, and with me today I have Mrs. Sarah Hennigy. Mrs. Hennigy, say hello to Pirate Nation. Hello, Pirate Nation. It's a great day in Riverview. Well, and you came in with all smiles because you just happened to drive by, saw some of the um, food deliveries I going did. on. And, I did. I did. What did you see? Let's share it's, it out. It's super cool. So I was at Seats, and I happened to be driving by Huntington, and I seen a um, Poppy, the character from Trolls, and she was waving to all of the families picking up the um, the, the free and reduced lunch or the free, um, the free food. And so then I came over to Memorial and Minnie Mouse is at Memorial. So I thought that was extremely cool for our students and families to see these cool characters as on this kind of Friday fun day. And again, just a nice creative way, something Absolutely. fun. Just it, it, well, it got them out of the house. So got them out of the house. It got them to see characters. They're probably only seeing them via the screen right now. And it's just a little surprise for them um, at this time. From what I've seen, the kids were excited and waving back, and the parents were also pretty happy, too. You're not a teacher in a district. You have a completely different role than what we usually have in, in, as being a member of our team. So it's, I I, I'm just going to turn it over to you. you what do you do for us? <laughs> I am the special education supervisor for Riverview, um, and Riverview this year is new to what is called the Cooperative of Special Services. Cooperative is housed in Gibraltar, and we service all the special services departments for five districts. So it's Gibraltar, here on Flat Rock, Groziel, and now Riverview. And so I am the supervisor that is overseeing Riverview with all their special services, including speech and special in uh, social work. What is the benefit for us as a district to be a part of this cooperative? A lot of great benefits. So. So we are able to collaborate with four other districts to kind of broaden our horizons as far as materials, resources, things that we are using. Um, we're able to provide services that we weren't necessarily able to provide before we joined the cooperative. And so um, it gives us a little bit, um, be able to reach all of our students to the best of our ability. Being a part of this is definitely an advantage, not just for us, but also for the other districts that are involved because again, yes. we're sharing resources. Yes. And again, providing as many services as possible yep. to the students in our downriver area. Absolutely, we are when we're we're meeting continuously all the time um, as a cooperative, and so Riverview is able to share all of their wonderful ideas and and resources to the other four districts, and then we're also being able to get great ideas coming back, and so we can bring them back into our district as well. So it's kind of a back and forth two way street that's really improving, and it's a great asset. It's a great community, you know. It's it's broadening our community so. So that way we are, like I said, able to reach all of our students in the Riverview community the best that we can. By doing that as well, we're also sharing resources amongst districts because yes. some districts may be able to provide services that we can't. So yep. we can, if anything, have that student 
yep. go to that district or have their dist- district send kids to us. So again, divide and conquer, but mm-hmm. we're still meeting the needs Absolutely. of the students. In yep, all and that's our area. and that's kind of why they join the you know Riverview join the cooperative is it so that way you know they have all the Riverview um, students' best interests at heart, and and so we are able to now if Riverview themselves aren't able to provide that specific uh, support, then within the cooperative we are able. And that's great. It's just knowing that having that advantage where some districts don't have that advantage is crucial. Yes. You've been on the team since, what, August? July July. 1st. So July 1st. (laughs) So almost got the first year under your belt. Yes. Um, Then obviously COVID-19 hit. But since you've been on board, yes. and I ask this question of everybody that comes here, there had to been that moment, as I call it, that pirate moment, that as you've been here, it was that moment like, yes, I'm home. This has been this was the best career move I've ever made. I, I don't ever want to leave. Yes. What was that pirate moment for you? So my, my first moment, because I had two, my first moment was when, you know, we were short-staffed and, you know, we had staff coming in and out. The staff that were here stepped up and they were doing everything that they needed to do in order to really continue to provide support and services for all the students and doing up and beyond what they were asked to do. And so for me, it was like these Riverview staff members are hardworking and not and are here for the students as a whole. And so for me, that's that's what it's all about, is making sure that we are here for the students, make sure that we're providing the support and services that they need on an individual basis. And so that was kind of my, you know, aha moment. I do have to say after this COVID-19, the staff has really awed me. They have gone up and beyond and have um, really put the wellness and well-being of our families and students to the front. And it's been amazing. These They're hardworking. They care tremendously about um, other staff members as well as their their families and their students. And it, it and it's just great. It's great to see. They're collaborative. They're um, if they can't if they don't know the answer, they're trying to find the answer out. And so it's just been really great. I would have to say those are my two biggest aha moments. That's fantastic. And, it is. And, and, and it's again, it's a great it's great feedback for us because it's something that new to our district for you. It's part of that culture that we've been trying to Absolutely. create. So for you to give feedback and say you know what, this is the things that I've seen and this is what I've witnessed, reassures that we are continue building on that positive culture that we're trying to instill amongst Absolutely. our staff in our community. Absolutely. What are two things about Mrs. Sarah Hennigy that we don't know? Oh, two things about me. One thing is I am a, um, I come from a big family that, and we are Irish, so Irish dancing comes in the line of my family, and so, you know, I have two daughters that are in Irish dancing, so that is a lot of our life, and so that's one thing. Uh, The second thing is, this is a tough question. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I went to, believe it or not, I actually did go to school in Riverview, but I did not go to Riverview Community School District. I actually attended Gabriel Richard High School for my high school. So um, I, I did go to school in Riverview, but I didn't go to Riverview Community School District. So them are two things. <laughs> I'm debating if I want to cut that out <laughs> or not on the podcast, but we'll leave that in there. All right. Two things. You said two things. I did things say two know. things. All right. So... Here we are, it's COVID-19, so we're dealing with a lot of adversities. And you talked about this, the staff stepping up and doing their thing. But 
at any time like this is that social emotional component that we have to take care of ourselves. So when we're faced with adversity, what is the one thing that you draw strength from during these challenging times that help keep you going? You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your mind and your body. You know, what's going on is the unknown. And I know that's a lot to understand and process because you don't know what the next day is going to bring. Um, Making sure that you're taking care of your family, you know, and then just checking on your, you know, making sure that you're keeping in contact with your other family that you're not able to see um, and friends and try to get some some sliver of, of normalcy until you're able to actually kind of go out and start and start to make more connections. But just trying to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. I think your own well-being is best and then you can kind of reach out to others' well-beings. So what do you do? What does Sarah Hennigy do to mm. find strength during these challenging times? So actually... Um, our family has decided to um, have a workout hour every day. Um, so my two little ones kind of do their own thing on the trampoline and, and the yoga mat. And then my husband and I have um, decided to train to do long distance running uh, for a possible marathon when things open up, and as, as well as lifting weights and things like that. So we kind of made it a family event and kind of did a, um, it's kind of a, a one hour workout session every day after dinner. There you go. Training for 5K, half marathon. So you got to start small. So you go do 5K um, and then half marathon. But, you know, it's, it's more about finding some, finding another outlet for us to do. Um, so when the weather starts to get nice, we can, you know, instead of doing it on the treadmill, we can go out and, mm-hmm. and uh, walk the trails and um, walk the neighborhood. And so that way we're still able to continue to do our plan to make sure that we're uh, kind of taking care of ourselves. Good. Yeah. Who in your life has pushed you to be the person that you are today and why? Mm, I have two, actually. And these two people have been these two main people since um, I was 21 years old. So the first one is my mom. Um, she's in the special education field currently. And so I that was my biggest drive. I've been around um, her classmates and, and her, been in her classrooms working since I was little. And so it's always been something that I really was interested in doing. Um, my second one was my previous boss from another district who is now um, working at a university and continues to kind of converse with me. And she has driven me to continue to further my career even more um, and continue my education even more and kind of continue to push myself because she kind of knows my strengths and my capabilities. And so she's actually been a really good mentor as far as um, what I would like to do with my life as far as in the educational field and how I can get there. And here's an opportunity. You can give her a shout out. And that is for Dr. Carla Harding. She has been fantastic um, as far as guiding me through um, my first years at Wyandotte and then continuing through while I'm I'm in Riverview. I still am am in contact with her. I feel it's very important to have that person you can always, when when you do get stuck. I mean, Mm because you can always call on your colleagues around here, but sometimes you need that outside voice, that different lens. So it's not that... Well, this is the way we've always done it. You know how that's my favorite phrase. Yes. But getting that outside person's perspective. And again, when you have that mentor that has that toolbox where they can turn around and they can open it up and go, yeah. here, give this a try. That's why you're there. So Absolutely. And, and yeah, I still have, you know, some of my coworkers at Wyandotte, like Cindy Taylor, who, you know, if I had a question or concern, I can call her in a heartbeat and she will help me guide me in, in any way that I can. So, you know, I still have a lot of those people that, you know, you have, you, you build kind of a, a tribe or an army that you can reference back to and, and lean on when you get those challenging, difficult situations. 
Yep. And I refer to that as my professional learning network. Absolutely. It's the same, it's the same group that I refer to even when I connect with them on Twitter. I've got my Downriver group here with my other curriculum directors that we have a chat group that we're constantly texting each other and doing those types of things. So having that that core yep. is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Final moments here. Yeah. I'm giving you a chance to, because again, we've been locked out for a month. Yeah. Staying at home, trying to work from home, doing all that. So there's some people that we don't get to interact with on a regular basis. Yes. And so I'm going to give you this time. Mike is yours. Anybody you want to give extra shouts out to, to the kids, to the staff, anything like that, it's, it's your moment to have the microphone and give some shout outs if you want to. Oh my goodness. So I definitely want to give a shout out to all of the Riverview staff for all the hard work, time, and effort that you are putting into these lessons um, and your creativity that you're really having to draw out and, and implement at this period of time. I want to give a shout out to the Riverview families. They, you know, you're, this is a hard situation to be put in and you guys are really um, stepping up and in kind of having to replace the teacher, so to speak, because you're at home trying to help you know, implement this, this guidance. And so just know that Riverview is always here to help you in any way that we can. If there's something that we can do, please reach out to the teachers, the social workers, anything. And so lastly, a shout out to kind of all of the frontline workers, you know, everyone across the board. I have family members that are nurses and doctors and firemen and you know we're not able to see them right now but know that we're thinking of them and thank you for all that you do and we will all as a review community get through this yes we will stay strong we'll get through this we are so proud to have you a part of our team thank you for taking the time to stop in and and do this recording for us and that's all i've got so there we go pirate nation mrs sarah hennigy director of special services for review community school district Go Pirates! Uh, Good morning, Pirate Nation. It's sunny outside. It's beautiful out. Finally, even though we had a little bit of snow last week in April. I know it's kind of odd. But this is still a part of our continuation of introducing our new hires for the 2019-2020 school year. And we are blessed to be meeting with one of our school social workers, Ms. Grace Schenkel. Grace, say hi. Hey, everyone. So great. We brought Grace on board this year. She was hired in August. And as I mentioned before, she is one of our school social workers. So since I got the cat out of the bag a little bit, Grace, um, go ahead and explain more of what your role is within the district as the dist- one of our district social workers. Go. Since August, um, I'd kind of been working throughout the whole district at all of the schools. I've definitely been around uh, and working mainly with general education students, but moving forward from this point and onwards into next year, I'm going to be the social worker at um, Forest Elementary and Memorial Elementary. As a social worker, because I mean, a lot of our parents and a lot of our community understand what the purpose is of the teacher's role within the district, but a social worker where they don't have that much interaction with a lot of our parents. I mean, a select few, but what is the role of the school social worker within a district? So, I mean, there's kind of a lot of roles, um, but uh, I would say that the biggest ones are responding to any kind of crisis situations, maybe where students are struggling or, uh, and that could be behaviorally, emotionally, concrete needs, things going on in their life. Sometimes we're just that extra person to talk to, to connect families with extra services and resources. 
Um, and then the other piece is as a school social worker, working with students who have an IEP and ensuring that their needs are being met and services are in place for them. So there's kind of the twofold. There's We're there to service the whole district and all of the students, whether that be, like I said, in a crisis situation or through our multi-tiered system of support, you know, any students maybe that would be identified as having some issues adjusting academically or behaviorally. We meet as a team with other, with administrators, with their teachers, and come up with interventions or new ways to help support that student. And then also the side of special education. Because I know one of the main roles is when a teacher is noticing that there's either an academic or a social issue with another student, they'll have you come in and do an observation as well as another set of eyes just to, all right, let, let me see if I'm seeing the same type of behaviors that you're seeing as a teacher who's with that student pretty much the six and a half hours during the day, just getting that second set of eyes to come in and say, all right, I'm seeing the same type of behaviors you are, or no, I'm not, but at least giving the different perspective of things that are going on with a particular child. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, I mean, like you pointed out, that teacher is the one that's with them for the six and a half hours a day. They're definitely uh, one of the first line of people that know the student the best. And sometimes it is helpful just to have another person come in and observe and be able to look at it maybe from a different, I know that's the same with me, like where maybe I use X, Y, or Z approach and then somebody else comes in and says, hey, have you tried this? And it's like, oh yeah, like I haven't, you know? So sometimes it's good to have that second opinion or a different perspective. Yeah, um, someone else coming in with a different toolbox to say, here, give this a try. Yeah. Due to your experiences and, and, and your background in education. Yep. And I have been so impressed with basically all of the teaching staff at Riverview. I just, you know, I respect all of the teachers so much and I'm amazed constantly by everything that they do on a daily basis. Oh, that's always good to hear. That's a nice bucket filler for us. Appreciate that. All right. Since August, you've been here uh, a little over five and a half, almost six months now, halfway through the school year. What has been that pirate moment for you? What's that moment where I am home? This was the best career decision I ever made in I am home. What was that pirate moment? Um, you know, that was a kind of a hard question for me because uh, it was difficult to think about one moment. I think being my first year in the school setting, uh, my favorite moments overall have been, you know, when you're working with a student that's been identified. And, and again, we work as a team a lot, but maybe there's a student that's like, hey, this kid is really struggling and to the point where maybe they don't even like coming to school at all. Um, so coming together as a team and then being able to work with other staff members to support that student so that, you know, maybe down the road, you like I've come into school and I see them there, I see them participating, they're making progress, they have a smile on their face, they're happy to be at school. And it's like to see such a difference, it's kind of that moment that it's like, wow, I am so glad that I made the shift getting into the school setting and this is rewarding. So I would say overall, those are the moments that really make me appreciate this position. For a more specific moment, I would say that everything that's currently going on was kind of definitely a struggle being a first year person, 
uh, I've had my moments of feeling like, man, I was just starting to really build relationships with students, with staff members, with administrators, and now we're all like home. So it can feel isolating or you can feel separate. I know Memorial Elementary put on one of the, the car parades and I was like, I don't know if I should go to it. You know, I work with my set of students, but most students maybe don't know me, know me. But I went ahead, I, I, I went out there, I decorated my van. And as I'm driving, I just, it, it surprised me how many of the students I did know and knew me as I was driving by. So that was kind of a moment that I was like, okay, I need to check my own, like, you know, maybe self-pity feelings or feeling separate. And it really did feel like being a pirate and a member of this community. So That's great. that was my moment. Yeah. That's great. I saw you guys drive by the other day. I'm like, now that, that's, that was good. All right. What are two things people do not know about Gray Shankle? I always struggle with these questions because I'm like, I even, I went to my husband. I'm like, what are two things people don't know about me? And he was like, <laughs> He was like, um, well, you settled for your husband and you're not that interesting because I can't think of anything else. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Um, no, you know, that's not true. I, I have six brothers and one sister um, and we're all pretty close in age. So that was fun growing up. And then the other thing is I just absolutely hate coffee, coffee, any, even the smell every, I know, I know. I, and that's what I see. Like everyone's always got their coffee. My parents drank like a pot of day each and I just can't even touch it. Wow. A big family like that. It's now, fun. so are you, where are you from Michigan down river area? Where are you from? Um, no, I, well, I'm from Michigan. Um, uh, my family, we kind of live all throughout the, the Southeast Michigan area. Um, my parents are out in Ypsilanti. That's where most of my siblings are in Washtenaw County and Wayne County. Big family though. Nope. Did not see. I didn't know that. So there we go. There you go. Learn something. Knowing that as a social worker and we're going through this COVID-19 thing, when you are faced with adversity, what is one way you draw strength during these challenging times? Uh, you know, I think for me, the way that I've always drawn strength is that I constantly have my own personal goals in my mind. And so I'm always like, okay, where do I want to be um, at the end of this year or in five years or 10 years? And I think that it helps me draw strength by asking myself, like, what kind of social worker do I want to be? Especially this first year, I'm like, I'm learning the role. I'm learning what I'm supposed to do. What, you know, every time I make a decision, is this part of what's leading me on the path to this, you know, the social worker that I want to be? And I ask myself the same thing. Like, what kind of friend, parent, partner, coworker do I want to be? And if it's like a really difficult task, I challenge myself to complete it in a way that when I'm done, I'm not going to regret what I did. You know, not too much. I think we all have the like, man, I wish I had said or done this, but I want to look back and be able to be proud of what I did or have other people be, you know, satisfied with what I contributed. I think sometimes it is kind of that community lens. I do, like I said, I have my own personal goals, but I also think a lot, like how are other people gonna interpret my actions and how am I impacting other people? So that's kind of what gets me 
to, I don't know, when it's like a really overwhelming or challenging situation, I'm like, I just got to power through it. And then I also think that it is important though, that like, if I am feeling too overwhelmed, I do take my, a step back and maybe it's like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to give an answer or response today. I need to step back. I need to take a break, collect myself and reset. And then we can tackle this tomorrow if it's not like a crisis or something. How do you draw straight from during challenging times? You still continue to focus on the goals and how am I, am I making an impact? So last question, who in your life has pushed you to be the person you are today and why? So I think that going back to the big family thing, um, you know, I, my family's always been a huge motivational factor. Um, I was lucky to have uh, to parents that were um, supportive and loving, uh, but even bigger than my parents, my siblings were all pretty close in age. Having seven siblings that we kind of were <laughs> born right on top of each other, uh, to be honest, I think a lot of time it, it came down to competition. And not like in a, you know, like I need to be better than you way. It was like in a loving and, you know, encouraging way, but it was like, hey, there's so many of us, we need to find ways to stand out. We need, you know, to find our place in the world, to find, um, I guess, like what we're good at. And in a lot of ways, I think that my siblings, we've pushed each other to, I don't know, I guess that's what I would, I would look back on and say, me as a person who I am today is probably because of the support. And also, like I said, that like, a little bit of competition or trying to individualize ourselves and so it is kind of funny like we've all grown up to be in really like different career paths but really like you know we decided to do something and really threw ourselves into it and I know I'm really proud of my siblings I hope they're proud of me and so I think that's what shaped me into the person I am today very cool it's, it's amazing how family drives a lot of the things that we do so especially having that large family. Yeah. Christmas, Christmas must be fun. Oh yeah. And all the grandkids are starting to come now and it's like, yeah. Oh boy. All right. So I end all of our interviews with a podcast like this is giving you the opportunity because again, you've been away from your kids, you've been away from your group, your social group for almost a month now. Here's an opportunity to give a shout out to anybody you want to give a shout out to. Hi, all that stuff. So I'm going to turn it over to you and give you the mic to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. All right. Um, I mean, I really am thinking about everyone at all of the different schools constantly. I, like I had said before, I've been in the, you know, at the high school, at seats, at Forest Memorial, Huntington, DK, everywhere. And moving forward, I am going to be going, you know, and working with Memorial and Forest. So I did miss that opportunity, I guess, for some closure and some real goodbyes. But I definitely don't plan on just disappearing. I mean, if I can pop in and say hi to people in the fall, I definitely plan on it. But yeah, that's what I would say that if there's any student listening that is somebody that's met with me, with that's worked with me, I can pretty much guarantee you that I've thought about you. This last month has been a lot of time to think and reflect, and I just, you know, miss everyone and miss the, the other staff and coworkers, and can't wait to get back in the fall. That's fantastic. And, and, here, and here's another thing that I think we want to do, Grace, is knowing that you are one of our district social workers and knowing that we are in a major trying time during this pandemic, because again, this is nothing that anybody ever could have planned for. Oh, yeah. 
if the, if there is anybody out there that hears this podcast and feels that they need to reach out to somebody or they have some issues that they want to re- resolve, should they just reach out to their print, their building principal first to be able to get a hold of you or to get social worker needs? Or I'm I'm just thinking here's this is a good yeah. opportunity for us to do a little advertising to yeah, help and with you know some what? of those needs. I'm really glad that you asked the question because um, just over the weekend we did we put together a crisis line number and we also have all three of the social workers that are currently in the district have our email addresses um, and I think have individually maybe distributed their um, phone number a little bit. What we are going to do is put post out there on Schoology. Um, the crisis line, get that out to all of the families in the district um, as well as staff. Uh, so if they are speaking with any family, they can, um, you know, give that number out. Um, and basically, it's just a, a number that, you know, if we can pick it up right away, we will. Um, we're going to take turns manning it. But it is, there's a message that goes out that just says within 20 minutes that we'll return a call. So absolutely, if it's something that a family or a student feels more comfortable reaching out to us for a crisis, then I would encourage them to to contact that number. No, we know we're, it's going to be posted on Schoology, so we should be fine. But I just thought, okay, knowing, knowing that we had got a lot lot of issues going on right now we've we've changed our, our food delivery because we're going twice a week and we're doing a lot of meals yep. and we're taking care of a lot of our families but that's taking care of that one need we're getting ready to start taking their ac- academic needs but we still need to make sure that we're meeting their social emotional needs as well and, and it's good to yep. hear that we do have that hotline it's just so for those people that are listening to the podcast if you have any questions or if you're looking for something like that Check your Schoology account. There will be an informa- there will be information there. Um, I'm sure we'll put something on our webpage as well. But if you are finding that you need some of that type of services, do not hesitate to reach out there to that line where Mrs. Schenkel or other counselors or other social workers will be able to help and participate in those needs. So, yeah, it's a nice little plug here. But I thought we just knowing all the things that are going on right now, this would be a good time to to do that type of advertisement plug, however you want to call it. Yep, absolutely. And I definitely encourage um, all students and the families to, I, you know, I've seen some of those wellness check forms that have gone out from the teachers and just continue, even if you can't get to the academic part, you know, continue to check in with us because as a community, we do really care about um, every single student, every family. Um, and that's our way of, of staying in contact and, and being able to reach out if there is anything that. Well, thank you, Grace. I appreciate you taking the time to introduce yourselves to our our community. Again, welcome to the, being a part of our pirate family. And we hope that you stick around and we're looking forward, hopefully with this, this hotline, you do get some people that, that take advantage of this and we, and we can get out there and we can take care of the, our community, take care of our families that we know that we need to do. So thank you for your time and enjoy your moments. Enjoy the sunshine and we'll be seeing you soon. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pirate On. As we said, we wanted to make sure that we had every opportunity to highlight all of the great things that are going on in our district. If you have something that you would like to have more information on or you would like to showcase, please feel free to contact us uh, via email. Our emails are on the website. Thanks for participating, and we hope you enjoyed this. Pirate On!